We are a nation that is hostile to liberty and freedom and faith. We are a nation whose economy is floundering, whose stores are not stocked, whose deliveries are not coming, and whose educational system is ranked at the bottom of every list. We are a nation that in many ways has become a joke. But soon we will have greatness again. It was hardworking patriots like you who built this country, and it is hardworking patriots like you who are going to save our country. There is no mountain we cannot climb. There is no summit we cannot reach. There is no challenge we cannot beat. There is no victory we cannot have. We will not bend. We will not break. We will not yield ever, ever, ever. We will never give in. We will never give up. And we will never, ever back down. We will never let you down. As long as we are confident and united, the tyrants we are fighting do not stand even a little chance. Because we are Americans, and Americans kneel to God and God alone. And it is time to start talking about greatness for our country again. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Happy Freedom Friday Eve. It's Thursday. I see people coming in the chat. Yeah, we had those ridiculous debate last night, which I'll be honest, I didn't watch. I saw clips of it, and I, I tried to watch some of it. And one, Fox News, I mean, ridiculous. The whole thing was a shit show. They're all liars. They, they, they're, yeah. Anyway, good morning. Good morning. Hit the, uh, hit the thumbs up, please. And if you could do me a favor, if you could do me a huge favor, maybe sometime today, whenever you have a moment, you go on the Rumble channel and just hit the thumbs up on all the videos. I've noticed that the thumbs up really does help juice the old uh, algorithm and helps the video get out more and the more people hit it i think the more hit the thumbs up the more the video gets recommended in the uh in the in the rumble world because i'm seeing thousands and thousands of views on each video but a lack of the thumbs up but i don't know they, you can't figure the algorithm out but it would help it would help yeah it's uh, about 65 and uh overcast uh out on long island in new york supposed to get rain all day tomorrow Good morning, everybody. I see our mod AP unfiltered in there. Key Kimberly, you seem new. Good morning. If you're new in the chat, I hope you're following and hitting the thumbs up. I don't remember seeing your name, so excuse me if I haven't. We have a regular group here in the mornings. Glad to have you. Black Green Patriot, Hog. Good morning, motherfuckers from Hog. Band Mom, Blue Boy Life, Jonathan Allen. Yep, there he is with the morning message telling me to get fucked. I love him. Carol from Iowa. Carol, I don't even have to look anymore. I know it's Carol from Iowa, always. <clears throat> so, yes, we have the big debate. Um, give me one second. Sorry about that. We had the big debate last night. Again, I don't care. None of those people, they're all trying to audition for vice president, cabinet spots. I really can't believe that any of them have in their mind that they may win the Republican primary. I, uh, 
I just can't see it. Unless, unless they're delusional, you know, when I'm elected commander in chief, I think Mike Pence said, if I'm elected president or to the white house, whatever he said, Vivek is just, I, I never liked, liked him. I don't like any of them. For me, it's Trump and only Trump. And I can't see meatball Ron surging in the polls. By the way, there's some pictures out there. It looked like he was wearing a Keebler elf cowboy boots last night. It was very weird. There was some shots of him getting makeup done, like behind Nikki Haley. Like it was just really cringe stuff. Chris Christie calling Donald Trump, Donald Duck, the Twinkie King of New Jersey. It literally, I'm making Christie Duck. Oh my God. You have to. You have to make Christie Duck. You have to make Chris Christie the Twinkie King of New Jersey because that's what he is. That's what he is. He can't take him seriously. He wants to, maybe he'll close the border like he closed the George Washington Bridge. I don't know. But it, it, it's a joke, especially when you start your presidential campaign by saying, I'm here to go after Donald Trump. So that means you're not here to save this republic. And there's only one person that is, and that's Donald Trump. So I'm going to play, I'm going to play some highlights from Donald Trump's speech with the auto workers in Michigan. He killed it. He killed it. And 97 and sunny in Wichita Falls, Texas. Oof. Wow. Is it a dry heat band mom or is it a, a, a humid, disgusting heat? It's probably disgusting. Anyway. Oh, Key Kimberly, you're listening to me on your way to work. Well, I hope the sound of my voice does not distract your driving. That could be good or bad, I guess. Depending. You hate the sound of my voice, or you enjoy it. I personally hate the sound of my own voice. But here I am, listening to myself. <laughs> so, again, I think Trump killed it last night. He spoke to the American people just like he always does. He speaks to the blue-collar workers. And I think, not that I think, I know that's why everyone under the sun from the federal government to the DOJ to the GOP to all of these once-Trump lovers turned Trump haters go after him so hard. Like when Chris Christie talked, Chris Krispy Kreme, the Twinkie King of New Jersey, talks ill of Donald Trump. But all of the things he talks bad about, most of the things he talks bad about that he says Donald Trump has said, Donald Trump said those things before Chris Christie actually supported him. Chris Christie is so mad at Donald Trump for not giving him a job in his administration that he's another one who suffers from that horrible Trump derangement syndrome. Oh, yesterday, somebody actually uh, contacted me and is sending me, uh, I think it's uh, either, I forget if it was 200 or $300 worth of, they're actually sending me uh, physical gift cards um, for the January 6th uh, kids Christmas gift card drive through the Patriot uh, Freedom Project. So that was pretty awesome. And uh, I have... I'm going to, there's no Freedom Friday tomorrow night. I have a wedding to go to tomorrow night, but uh, we'll, we'll be back. We'll have a, a Friday show in the morning. 
but uh, my plan is either tomorrow or today I was going to go and start getting some of the gift cards with all of the money that you've all been donating through the Rumble uh, Rumble rants. And other people have been reaching out to me because they've seen other people post clips of the show, especially uh, Real Toria Brooke. She posted a clip of uh, me t- uh, of me talking about it on the show, and then it prompted people to message me saying, "Hey, how can I uh, how can I donate directly to uh, to the January Six Kids?" Which is great, and you've all been great of giving money. And uh, it, it's greatly appreciated. Again, any money that goes in that you give through the um, uh, Rumble rants with the little dollar sign by the chat, all of that money is going to go towards the January 6 kids for the gift card drive so they can have good Christmases. And I'm going to match it all dollar for dollar. So if you're donating 20, I'm donating 20. You're donating 100, I'm donating 100. Whatever it is, a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, whatever it is. If you donate ten thousand dollars, we're gonna have a problem because I might have to take a second mortgage out of my home. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, Donald Trump went to the uh, what was it the uh, United Auto Workers uh, speech, the UAW members in Michigan, and I'll tell you, there is no reason at all, and I'll say it, and I've said it again for Donald Trump to debate any of these clowns because Donald Trump is the only one out of all of those cast of characters that has the true experience because he was commander in chief for four years. Mike Pence sitting there in one breath, just bragging about the great economy, the great job growth and everything else under the previous administration, meaning the Trump administration that he was just VP of, Donald Trump did that. And then in the next breath, wanting to distance himself from Donald Trump and speak ill of Donald Trump. You can't have it both ways, Judas Pence. You really can't. Look what we did in the last administration. Who's we? You and the fucking mouse in your pocket? You did nothing. You did nothing. Okay, you couldn't even swat a fly off your damn head. Let's just stop. You brought the evangelicals to the ticket. Thank you. I don't think Donald Trump really needed him, but took a chance. It was what it was. And they are all, oh, they they all are in Trump denial syndrome, band mom. They all suffer from Trump denial syndrome, Trump, Trump derangement syndrome, some more than others. Uh, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley and Tim Scott, the going back and forth. I know they're both from South Carolina and just arguing with each other. The whole stage was mayhem. It was hard to watch. And I went, I wasn't going to waste my time there. There, there was nothing that you were going to get out of that. If anybody watched the last two GOP debates without Donald Trump on that stage and said, you know, I like this guy. I think I'm going to vote for him or this woman. I think I'm going to vote for her then you're not paying attention and you have your head in the sand because they're all lies. Nikki Haley isn't going to send special forces over the border and start blasting cartel leaders. They're not going to um, uh, end trade with China. I mean, what they should do is tell Mexico to fuck off and control your government because you're all corrupt. Jonathan Allen, you're out of your mind. You can get fucked for giving $100 in the Rumble rant for the January 6th kids. 
Again, another hundred dollars from Jan- Jonathan Allen. I swear he's he's got to be sitting on a pile of gold over there. Must have made all of his money under the Trump administration and the great economy. <laughs> Thank you, Jonathan Allen. Again, you're unbelievable. You just cost me a hundred bucks, prick. Thanks. <laughs> it's for the kids. It's all great. Hmm. All right. Sorry. Needed a sip of coffee. In case anyone's listening on audio only later, they're like, why is, what what is going on? I'm taking a sip of coffee. Shut up. Somebody actually asked me that. Oh, what was with the silence and the swallow sounds? You're watching, you're listening, you're not watching. I'm drinking coffee during my show. If you don't like it, watch, don't listen. Anyway. All right. Let's watch some highlights from Donald Trump's speech in Michigan. And please, in the chat, anybody has something great they want to bring up about the, the cast of characters? of what they spoke about, throw it up in the chat. I'm sure I'll see it, but I want to, uh, I kind of want to highlight what's really important. And there's, there's a few, there's a, there's a, there's a few, uh, clips here that we're going to get into. Here's the first one. Make sure we got some volume. Crooked Joe and his (laughs) payday with the Biden family. They raked in millions and millions of dollars. You see what's (laughs) going on. The news doesn't really reported very little news reports, Nope. but it was the men and women who got, Every single day they got up and came back home with grease on their hands and they were the ones that paid the price. They paid a big, big price. The only time Joe Biden has ever gotten his hands dirty is when he's taking cash from foreign countries, which is quite (laughs) often, actually. It's quite often. It's so true. It's so true. And speaking of going after Biden, I think Mike Pence did it, but I didn't, like I said, I didn't watch the whole debate, so I don't know if anybody else did who's in the chat, but... Was there any other character up on that stage? I'm not calling them candidates. I'm calling them characters. Was there anyone else that really took heavy shots at Joe Biden? Or were they talking about, oh, like Chris Christie went after Donald Trump. I saw that. But was anybody really going after Joe Biden and the ridiculous policies that that have gotten us to where we are today? I didn't. I just saw Mike Pence mention something about Joe Biden a couple times. And the, the parts that I watch, I didn't really notice anybody else talking about Joe Biden. You know, I, maybe, I, maybe I missed it. But yeah, there he goes. The, the only time Joe Biden's ever gotten his hands dirty is when he's taking cash from foreign countries. And it's true. It's true. It's true. I appreciate it, Jonathan Allen. I really do. I really, really, really do. AP Unfiltered, sorry to hear that. You watched the whole thing, sadly. No, I, I, I just, I couldn't do it. I could not do it. I couldn't do it. Here. That's uh, another clip about not raiding Joe Biden, the FBI. Can you imagine an unannounced raid on his many homes? <laughs> he would have made Senator Menendez look like a baby. Just like a baby. Can you imagine? Gold bar bill. Oh, that's great. That's, that's so... <laughs> I mean, who's more corrupt? Gold bars, Bill Menendez or, or Joe Biden? I'm, I'm going to say Joe Biden. I mean, I probably... Amount wise, I would imagine over time, but you know, I don't know. I don't know. Here, right now, electric cars don't go far enough, and they're just far, far too expensive, and people aren't going to be able to afford them. And the cost of operation is also much more. This is their option, though, if they want them. It's their option, and it's an option that some people will take, and I am all for them, but I will not allow under any circumstances 
the American automobile industry to die. I want it to thrive and to thrive like never before. And meanwhile, Democrats in the Biden administration 100% want the auto industry to die. They want the auto industry to transform itself into this electric car industry that nobody can afford. Nobody can afford that. These people that have been working in the auto industry for years and even for generations, you know, between uh, just the engine building and the and the iron and the steel and the and and the journeyman, all of them that Donald Trump mentions and spoke directly to, they're all a pivotal part of the American economy. And what are they doing? Because of what's happening with our economy and 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 business tax and everything else, they're forced to abandon building big auto factories in cities they want to be in, and they're sourcing out of the country because it's cheaper. If people have businesses to run, and I'd imagine a lot of them really kick themselves for 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 doing that. Yeah, I, I have to agree, Bam. I, I love how Trump was straight up with those people and told them straight out, you're not going to have a job in two years if we don't make a change. If Donald Trump is not elected the 47th president of the United States, the auto industry is just one industry that will die out more until it's completely dead than ever before. The same with the energy industry. You know, they, they, it's just amazing what they are uh, so far being successful in doing and killing it, killing it. Um, there's a few, a few more highlights. It's all over television, this speech. You know, we're competing with the job candidates. They're all running the job for candidates. <laughs> no, they're all job candidates. They want to be in the, uh, they want to do anything. Secretary of something. They even say VP. I don't know. Does anybody see any VP? In nope. The group? I don't think so. Nope. No, no, we're, uh, we're. Some, uh, someone yelled out Loomer. No. I think I got to listen to that again. I think someone yelled out. Someone said VP. Someone yelled out Loomer. Did I hear that right? It's all over television, this speech. You know, we're competing with the job candidates. They're all running for a job. No, they're all job candidates. They want to be in the, uh, they want to do anything. Secretary of something. They even say VP. I don't know. Does anybody see any VP in the group? I don't think so. No, no, we're, uh, we're. I'm pretty sure somebody yelled out Loomer, but I don't. Listen, there was nobody on that stage, nobody on that stage that I would even consider as a VP. Uh, the more I think about it, the more I would like him to choose uh, Christy Nome. I think she's a great governor. She's, she's been a great governor. I think she could bring a pretty cool dynamic to the ticket. I know Trump it, it really would like a woman in the spot. Unless that has changed, I don't think so. Um, and I don't, I don't want. I'm, I, I'm, I don't care if I offend anybody. I like Carrie Lake, but she's not VP material. I do not support Carrie Lake on the ticket as VP. I don't support Marjorie Taylor Greene on the ticket even more so than Carrie Lake as VP at all. Uh, Laura Loomer. As far as VP, no. I mean, I you know, 
and I I know Laura, I would love to see her as press secretary or director of communications or something in the administration. There's a lot of moving parts, but who knows? She may, she may have a spot somewhere. Um, yeah, it's, I, I agree. Uh, it's hard to even get good clips from the debate to review for a video. All they are is a bunch of idiots having tantrum. There's no policy. You, you said it, there's no policy prescription. They all want to speak general talking points about things that Trump already did or, or attempted to do. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's wild. Here, here's, uh, here's one more clip. A little longer. He just goes scorched earth on Biden, I believe, in this one. But your leadership should endorse me, and I will not say a bad thing about them again, and they will have done their job. They will have done a proper job. In fact, if they endorse me, they will have the easiest labor leadership job anywhere in the country. They just have to sit back and watch as our auto industry reignites and booms. That's what's good. They don't even have Yep. I mean, how can they in, how can they go with this guy? Can't find his way off the stage. I'm looking at these, you know, I always sort of look at stages now. I get a little, because I say, you know, how the hell do you not find your way? So every once in a while, I'll be in the middle of the speech. I'll look, stairs there, stairs there. And I say, how the hell does it work that you can't find your way off the stage? How does that work? But he can't. <laughs> Joe Biden is surrendering our auto industry to China, just like he surrendered our borders to the cartels and he surrendered Afghanistan in the most embarrassing weekday time period in the history of our country. He surrendered to the Taliban, took the military out first. You don't take the military, you take the military out last. Yes. So tell your UAW leadership, no problems with them. But they have to endorse Trump because if they don't, all they're doing is committing suicide. And honestly, you don't want that to happen because it's they're committing suicide on the back of your jobs and you can't let that happen. The Democrats, as they wave the white flag of surrender over your future to other foreign countries, you can't have it done. So if you could speak to Sean, he's listening right now, I'm sure. Sean, endorse Trump and you can take a nice two-month vacation, come back, and you guys are going to be better than you ever were. You don't even have to I, I, I don't think there's anyone else that can save the uh, American industry and energy than Donald Trump. I don't think there's anyone right now that can put together a plan that is better than what Donald Trump has already done in those four years and that what he wants to do again. I, I don't see it. Nobody's coming up with anything. And I, I can't wait to see what the ratings were as far as uh, who watched it. I haven't seen it yet if it came out this morning or late last night. On who was watching the, um, the Trump speech in Michigan and who was watching the morons on a stage yell at each other like children and getting nothing accomplished. I mean... The GOP, the GOP debates right now is useless airtime. You have people on there that nobody's ever heard of. And, and just, again, people that are hoping to get a good soundbite in order to be remembered enough 
to get a job in the Trump administration. Or, which, I don't know, maybe there's a place somewhere for one or two of those people as far as like, all right, so take Vivek, and uh, Vivek's a big energy guy. Maybe he has a spot in the energy department. Um, I, I think he's done with Nikki Haley. Tim Scott, I can see somewhere in, in either a cabinet spot or another uh, uh, presidential appointee position. I don't know if, if you people have thoughts on any of those people on stage about um, spots in the Trump administration, whether it's in a cabinet spot or, or somewhere else. I'd love to hear it. Chris Christie maybe could be the uh, <laughs> the the junk food uh, taste tester for the White House kitchen. He's good with that, as long as he doesn't wear those ridiculous white pants that he used to wear, uh, or that, that he wore for that baseball game where he had you know moose knuckle like never before. I do want to play one clip. It's the only clip I'm going to play from the from the debate. It's the only one. And this is, again, the Twinkie King of New Jersey who really thought he told Donald Trump and put him in his place, which just fell completely on his face doing it. And see, this guy is such a clown. Listen. We need law and order back in our suburbs. People are threatened there. We need it in our rural areas. People feel threatened there. And we need it in Washington, D.C. also. And Donald Trump should be here to answer for that, but he's not. And I want to look at that camera right now and tell you, Donald, <laughs> I know you're watching. You can't help yourself. I know you're watching, okay? And you're not here tonight. Not because of polls and not because of your indictments. You're not here tonight because you're afraid of being on the stage and defending your record. You're ducking these things. And let me tell you what's going to happen. You keep doing that, no one up here is going to call you Donald Trump anymore. We're going to call you Donald Duck. All right. What, is, what, is that, what does that even mean? We're going to call you Donald Duck because you're ducking debates? First of all, first of all, there is absolutely zero reason for Donald Trump to even be on the same stage with these clowns, okay? Number one. This guy, Chris Christie, is a loser. He was a loser as governor. That's why he's not governor anymore. He was a loser to the point where Trump even was considering a job for him and then decided, you know what? I don't really trust the guy. And that was a, that was a smart decision. And he wasn't ducking this debate. He actually went and spent time with the blue-collar workers in the auto industry speaking to them, directly to them, speaking about the bad policies of the current administration that is destroying the auto industry and, and industry as, as a whole, instead of standing on a Fox stage with all of these idiots. If Donald Trump was on that stage, there would be it would, it would be all about Donald Trump. You would hear nothing about indictments and fraud from all of these people because they would take all of those ridiculous false narratives and use that to try to just drive Trump into the ground. And they would fail at that. So why would Trump do that? The guy's almost, you know, 60% in the polls. Most of the people on that stage are in single digits. Ron DeSantis has the audacity to call out Donald Trump on a one-on-one -on -one debate. Why would someone in first place even acknowledge someone in fifth place in some places? 
or third place in some places. Why? It, it doesn't make sense. Like, I'd hate to say it, but not sounding condescending, but fuck it. Ron DeSantis, you are beneath Donald Trump in so many ways. Ron DeSantis deserves nothing. And there you go. That's right. That's right. Joe Biden, I saw that. Put the tweet out agreeing with DeSantis, which for whatever reason won't let me click on because, oh, maybe I can do it from here. Here we go. I'm glad you brought that up, AP, unfiltered. So here. Oh, we'll, we'll bring up the tweet. Joe Biden tweeted out, couldn't agree more with Ron DeSantis. Oh, shows you that they're agreeing. And yeah, we'll play this 16-second clip from Meatball. Yeah. And you know who else is missing in action? Donald Trump is... Wait, Donald Trump is missing in action? Hmm, false. Missing in action. He should be on this stage tonight. No, he, he shouldn't. it to you to defend his record where they added 7.8 trillion to the debt that he didn't the do that for the inflation that we right. have. And you know who else is missing? An so he should talk to all of his congressional colleagues that he served with about that, about that debt. Okay. And you know, he talks a good game and that was just another stupid talking point. But again, Joe Biden, that was great for him. Right. Oh, the DeSantis camp must be loving this. That literally Biden-Harris HQ Twitter page puts this out, agreeing with Ron DeSantis. I mean, come on. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm imagining that's not really good for the DeSantis camp. So I hate to say it, but Joe Biden, I think, helped Trump a little bit there. Not that Trump needed it, if you know what I mean. Give me a break. Trump defends his record every day he speaks. Go and look at Agenda 47. There must be dozens of videos there now on everything that he has done, he wants to do, things that he tried to do, that it was stopped by people like Ron DeSantis in Congress. Ron, Ron DeSantis was a subpar congressman. He voted like shit, did nothing in Congress. He was useless. Oh, there's Laura Ann. Yeah, if Biden agrees, then why won't Biden debate RFK? Because Joe Biden is busy trying on new tennis shoes so he doesn't fall. And I know somebody said in there RFK is a as a um as a VP. Listen, I don't hate RFK, but he's a bleeding heart liberal. He's a gun grabber. He's just I I there is no way I could ever support a ticket with RFK on it, knowing the history of his politics. I just, I don't care that he spoke out about COVID vaccines. I don't care that he wrote a book about Fauci. I don't give a shit. I think it's all comical because if you need RFK Jr. to tell you that the vaccines are bad or that the vaccines are questionable and you need to buy a book and enrich him about a book about Dr. Fauci of shit we already knew he was a fucking clown since the 80s, yeah, I don't, I don't need to vote for somebody like that. All of these people on stage of the GOP debate were up there self-selling, self-promoting 
and promoting whatever books that they either wrote already or are going to write. My Journey as a Failed Presidential Candidate by Nikki Haley, Warmonger Extraordinaire. Shut up. The media said Trump is in his basement. Could you imagine that? The retards that say that Trump is in his basement. Trump has been traveling the country, spending it with um, the American people. Trump is in his basement. I I can't fathom the level of retardation amongst the media. Most of the GOP, the Uniparty and Democrats. Yes, 100% hog. RFK is only good on the vaccine narrative. That is his only, only, only upside. And that is not a reason for anyone to say he should be vice president. He should be on the ticket. Because to me, that's a single issue. And I say it and I say it again. Let me get a little offensive. Single issue voters are retards. That's the problem. Oh, thank you. I love when people tell me to get fucked. You didn't spell it right. If you're going to say it, say it. You can spell it in the chat. I'm not even going to try to pronounce your rumble name. Tab U. Schultz. I, I appreciate the message. It's always encouraged, and I'm glad you're here. If Trump is in his basement, then he's definitely going to win. Yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah, I don't know. It's all stupid. Anyway, Trump dominated. He won the debates. I love all of the leftist morons out there saying, well, it's clear that my president, Joe Biden, won the debates last night. Like, are you, you, you just, you people are sick America-hating commies. That is 100% fact. Listen, I said it yesterday. If you're going to sit on the sidelines and not get involved and not work your ass off one way or another to get Donald Trump elected by grassroots campaigning in your community or making a phone call or signing up on DonaldJTrump.com to become a poll watcher, a, 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 a phone bank caller, whatever it might be, a door knocker in your area, a canvasser, then you're missing out. If you're not doing something if you're not having these discussions on why it's so important that we get Donald Trump in office, and again, and Ron DeSantis did say it last night on the stage, which it always makes my it, it just it makes my blood boil every time he says it. You know, we need someone that can serve eight years. Eight years is never guaranteed. There's always a good shot, but Ron DeSantis is going to do nothing. All of these people will do nothing in four years and the minimum because they know they want and have to get reelected for another four. They will take the knee. And that is why, again, I want, I don't care what anybody thinks of this, I want a revenge presidency. Because the revenge is going to be turning policies around that are destroying this country and revenge is going to be people being held accountable. And just, I want to see these evil people have their lives ruined like they've attempted to do to Donald Trump. There is no one I can think of in American politics today that could endure the attacks, the 
assaults and abuse, everything that Donald Trump is receiving right now, then Donald Trump. Ron DeSantis couldn't handle that. They would all be done hiding under a rock. I submit, I submit. You're telling me you don't want the guy who, um, who after everything that they've thrown at him, 91 counts and four indictments, having judges rescind his business licenses, costing him billions of dollars. To me, when the guy shrugs it off and he's out speaking to the American people, talking about almost crying behind podiums in some places, how he loves America and he's so disgusted and heartbroken of how he sees this country going. That that's the guy I want. I I I want I want the guy who's strong enough at 77 years old. So take your age narrative for Donald Trump and shove it up your ass when you have the cognitive declined zombie walking around in an empty suit around the White House. No one can outwork him. No one can outgovern him, govern him. No one can outpace Donald Trump. I can't think of anyone that can do what he does and still live on McDonald's and Coke. It's a fact. Salty Lake, welcome. First time, I, I appreciate you. Like, Listen, we have a great group in the morning. We have a great chat. Everybody's great. I'm so happy you're here. Please hit the follow button. Hit the thumbs up. I engage a lot with the chat. We engage with each other. Salty Lake, tell us where you're from. Really happy you're here. But remember, if you're not hitting the thumbs up, it's because you're a fed. So don't be a fed, Salty Lake, and get involved and hit that thumbs up. Welcome. We have great people here. No more puppet presidents, 100%. 100%. I wanted to touch on a couple of, listen, I... 40 minutes in and I spoke about the debate and literally the title of the show, I've covered nothing because there were some things I wanted to cover. And I'll be honest with you, I forgot the debate was last night. <laughs> and then I, I created the show and I was like, oh shit, the debate that I'm not going to watch, but whatever. I'm going to go over nine o'clock. I'm going to go over nine o'clock tomorrow, I'm sure, because it's Friday anyway. Listen, Tucker Carlson, it's a nine minute video. I haven't watched it, but I was reading the article about it. Tucker Carlson gave a speech on abortion. And basically, it's not a political debate. It's a spiritual debate. And abortion is one of those topics that gets very, very, very uh, touchy with people. You're, you're allowed to have your opinions, people. Nobody's going to crucify you, okay? And yes, we have some of the greatest memers of the Dilly Meme team that come into the chat and hang out. We'll, we, got, we got hog every morning. We get Ramble Rants come in. We get white memes that comes in. You know, they, they all pop in on occasion. They're great. I always say you have support your local memer. You should be following all the memers out there that support Trump anyway. There's one or two that kind of turned their back and became meatball fans. The fuck them. <laughs> I won't mention any names, though. I know. You know, the, 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 the memers are great. They do great work. And they have really opened the gates. I should say they open the eyes of so many people get to get involved in politics 
by just taking serious issues and making memes out of them. I literally look for memes before I look for news. I, I, I kid you not. I troll the meme pages and I see what's going on in the news through memes. And then I go and I look at the articles. And a lot of times the memers, they'll make a meme and they'll attach the article that basically they're memeing or the issue that they're memeing or the idiot that they're memeing. So that's that's that. All right. So Tucker Carlson gives a speech speech on abortion and says it's not a political debate. It's, it's a spiritual battle, which it is. Stop murdering babies. He gave a, uh, a speech on abortion at a conservative organization called the Center for Christian Virtue. And in his typical relaxed style, Carlson formed the issue in a historical context as a form of human sacrifice. And he also made it personal, describing the events that led him to leave the Episcopal Church. So there's a video I'm going to play. It's part of a speech. It's nine minutes. We always like listening to Tucker. You can send us cigars, too. Hog, I'm going to send you more cigars. I have to send you cards, too. The Dilly Meme Team's killing it, by the way. The Dilly Show, which Patriot Cigars is proudly sponsoring now. Every time he does an ad read on the show, order Spike. I don't know if he did one yesterday on a show. I didn't catch a show. He does one every week for my company, Patriot Cigars. But he must have done it yesterday because I looked at the orders last night. And there was like six or seven or I think maybe eight orders with promo code Dilly. MyPatriotCigars.com. My company. You should know it by now. Great cigars. I'm a big cigar guy with that. Hence the big logo behind me and the little light up one. Go get some great cigars. There's shirts on there. My Patriot, there's merch, there's shirts, there's hats, cigars, the holidays are coming, there's gift cards. You can use promo code MAGA for 25% off. Hell, if you're a Dilly fan, you can use promo code Dilly also for 25% off. It really doesn't matter. And, uh, You'll get free shipping over a hundred bucks. Well, let's listen to Tucker Carlson and uh, talk about abortion, which is uh, quite an interesting subject. So, uh, I'm really struck by the the ballot initiative um, that your voters will be facing uh, in November, and I'm struck because they're so very different from the politics that I covered for the bulk of my life. I'm 54, been covering this stuff since I was 22. And for most of that time, the debates that we had in the political sphere were over competing visions for how to improve people's lives. The minimum wage was always a really intense debate. And I always felt like maybe the minimum wage killed jobs, I guess. That's what my side said. And I think that's probably true. And the other side would say, but people need more money to live, and so we're going to mandate that they make this much. And it was a, you know, I was on one side of it, but I could also sort of see the other side. Both sides were at least pretending to try to improve the lives of the people who voted for them. But when you wind up in an election where the two top ballot initiatives are, one, encouraging people to kill their own kids, and two, encourage their kids to do drugs, who's benefiting here? I'm serious. The one unalloyed source of joy in your life is your children. The point of life is to have children and to watch them have grandchildren. Nothing will bring you joy like that will. Nothing comes close. Nothing comes close. Would you trade your job for your children? Would you trade anything for your children? Of course not. Nope. And so anyone telling you don't have children, kill your children, is not your friend, is your enemy. And by the way, it's a very recognizable promise that they're making you because it's as old as time and it's chronicled in great detail throughout the Hebrew Bible. It's human sacrifice, which rears its head about every four chapters and which is singled out for approbation every time. Of all the sins the ancients committed, 
That sin, every single time it's described, is called detestable, at least in the RSV. Detestable. God singled that out. Throw your children into the fire. Now, why were people doing that? Because, of course, they believed they were getting power and contentment and happiness in return. All it's going to take is to sacrifice your children. This is as old as time. Every civilization on the face of the earth has engaged in it. Everyone, not just the Mayans and the Aztecs, but the Scandinavians, my people. The Irish, no, it's true. Even the Swedes did it. I know, it's embarrassing. But the archaeological record tells us that human sacrifice, the sacrifice of children, the killing of children, is the one constant in human civilization. Now, you answer the question, how can that be? How did all these civilizations, at different points of the compass that we know had no contact with one another, reach the same conclusion that in exchange for killing their own children, they would be happy or safe? Probably not something, a conclusion they reached organically, right? It cuts against the imperative of evolutionary biology, which is to continue the species. And those of us who grew up in a secular world being taught that people are motivated by instinct designed to continue the species, pause at that and say, wait a second, how does killing your own children advance the cause of perpetuating the species? It doesn't. <laughs> in fact, it's an attack on that. So it's not a natural human function to want to kill your own children, actually. That's an idea, an impulse that was introduced. Outside forces are acting on people at all times throughout history in every culture on the planet to convince people that if they sacrifice their children, they will be happy and safe. Isn't that crazy? That's exactly what this is. This is a religious right. This is not a policy debate. They're not telling you that some girl got raped at 13 and she needs to go to college and therefore, unfortunately, we need to abort the child. No, that was 20 years ago. Now they're saying abortion is itself a pathway to joy. Yeah. So kids are inconvenient. Kill them. This is a spiritual battle. There's no other conclusion. Yep. Take more drugs and be happy. <laughs> right. Okay. Less conscious, less aware. Give your soul over. Dull yourself. Become a robot. Today's America. Really? Those are the promises they're making? So how do you respond to this? And that's what I've been thinking about all day. I went on my morning walk with my dogs in Maine this morning, from which I derive much wisdom every morning, my wife and I. And um, my, and I, by the way, I'm not a theologian. I'm the opposite of a theologian. So don't take any theological insight from me at all. I'm just a reader, okay? And here's what's jumped out at me. So my second favorite character in the New Testament is Paul. And I, I think, from what I can tell, the bulk of the New Testament is written by or about Paul. He's a leading character in this drama, I would say. And, and I think just an amazing person, because he was not a good person. He was like a horrible person. He was on his way to murder Christians when he was knocked down and blinded, and then pivoted on a dime and devoted his life to spreading the gospel. So I find it very inspiring that a truly awful person could become one of the great people of all time. That's reassuring. <laughs> but the two qualities that really jump out of the story of Paul's life, first and most obviously is the courage. This is like the bravest guy ever. There's not a letter he wrote where he didn't have a sword hanging over his neck. He expected at any moment he murdered, and I think the consensus among historians is, in the end, he was. He was murdered, as were all of his friends. 
but he lived with the certainty that he was going to be killed for his beliefs every day. And he was totally unbothered by it, completely. He was just moving as fast as he could in the time allotted. He didn't know how much he had, but he just kept going, but he was never afraid. As his boat was sinking in the med, in his year-long journey, and you know, everyone with us freaking out, totally fine. Oh, we're shipwrecked, no problem. Never afraid. And by the way, why would he be afraid? He believed his fate was sealed. He was going to join Jesus. He was going to heaven. He was totally convinced of that. And it seems to me maybe the one takeaway is, like, that's table stakes in Christian faith. Fearlessness. That is actually the marker of it. Are you afraid or are you not? Well, if you're afraid, then you're kind of not doing it right, are you? Yep. Like, there's no excuse for being afraid. Just be afraid of nothing. Work to protect I, and I don't, your kids. I don't want to take this opportunity that you've so graciously given me to spend the next 40 minutes pounding on the Episcopal Church, so I won't. But I grew up in it. You know, my ancestors were in it. High-level people in it. I married into it. Educated in it. I educated my kids in it. I was as firmly ensconced as that church as you could be, even as it crumbled around us and became this very aggressively pagan institution. But we stayed because it's hard to leave something you grew up in. But the moment that we left for good, and actually really the greatest thing we ever did, really got to wow. understand God better once we left church. Weird how that works. But, um, <laughs> but the moment that catalyzed it for us was COVID, which was really an amazing and clarifying experience. And I'm just- it's, For a lot of people. I'm so grateful that we lived through that because everything became so much clearer than it was. But the church that we went to closed for COVID, and they closed their Christmas service. And we have this, the one thing about the Episcopal Church, we have this amazing liturgy written by actual Christians. And we have lessons and carols, this like ritual that I grew up with, my wife grew up with, her father's a minister, and we love it. And all of our children come home, and we go to it, and it's just this beautiful service, and they cancel lessons and carols. I know I'm revealing how shallow I am, but I just wanted to go to the service because I love lessons and carols. I love all the carols and I love all the lessons. And they didn't have it. And I said to my wife, well, why are we having lessons and carols? Like, that's like a requirement. There's no Episcopal church without lessons and carols. Like, what? And she's like, well, COVID and the minister sent this letter. Here it is. She is afraid that she's going to, you know, die. The fear is unbelievable. It, was it really like, was. Well, she's afraid she's going to die? Why is she worried about dying? She's a Christian minister. Like, why should she care? Fact. Dying? If you're afraid to die, then you don't really mean it, do you? Yeah. <laughs> no. Even I, I was like 50 years old at the time and like probably have some reason to worry about what happens after I die. Even I'm not afraid to die. <laughs> I'm a talk show host. And she's afraid to die? Okay, not a Christian. We stop wasting our time on that. And we've done lessons and carols in our backyard in three years since. We're doing it again. We get a choir. They're terrible at singing. They drink too much, but it's amazing. <laughs> Tucker's great. Yes, he's a great speaker. And I think everything he said is unbelievable and how abortion has gone from being tol tolerated to celebrated, especially among the left. Listen, I'm not a terribly religious person. I have my faith. I don't follow organized religion. I, I matter of fact, I despise organized religion. I really do. I think it's very cultish. 
I think it could be very dangerous, especially to to young people. You can disagree with me. It's just it's just my feeling. Again, I have my faith, and I it really it kills me when people are out there celebrating murdering babies out of convenience, social convenience, financial convenience. You've heard Democrats even say, you know, people may have a tough time feeding that extra mouth at the table. Where I had said in the, it was actually during the midterms, where I I had said, and I don't know if I came up with it, I don't remember hearing it from everybody, and I says, well, the Democrats' new tagline on abortion is, well, if you can't afford to feed it, kill it, vote Democrat. And it, it, it really just, it makes me think more of a, on a, um, again, I'm not a religious person. I don't even, I don't even speak the lingo. You know, I, I go to churches for weddings and funerals. I'll be honest with you. And it doesn't mean I think any le- less of religion or, or my religious beliefs, but it, it, it's what has happened in the past three to four years has made me, has opened my eyes more to faith. I, I don't know if I call faith based reasoning. Like, I'm not afraid to die. I've never been afraid to die. I actually, with my life experience, I should have been dead a few times already. No, full stop. No, I don't know how I'm still here today. And, I listen to people like Tucker speak, who again, yeah, he's a talk show host, but he's waking up, he seeds it. But he is, what kind of sick people would tell you that killing, murdering your baby is a pathway to joy, is a pathway to freedom, is a pathway to convenience? And it's those people that really need to find faith that I really truly believe have sold their soul and have been brainwashed into Satanism. I mean, am I wrong? I, I, and I listen, I'm always open to criticism and disagreement. Like it, it, it's not like I'm right and you're wrong. This is my opinion and my belief, but I believe it's the opinion and beliefs of most rational thinking people that murdering your children is not a pathway to joy and freedom. That, we should not, as a, as, a, as a people, tolerate murdering babies. It should not be celebrated. And re- these are sick people. Yes, Hog. If you can't afford either, then bag it up. Or keep your legs closed. Because just because you decide to get knocked up in a Walmart parking lot on a Friday night after happy hour doesn't mean you should be just able to go and murder your baby out of convenience. Oh, but I made a mistake in that Walmart parking lot with my legs hanging out the window after happy hour. Well, that's your fucking problem because murder in this country, well, it's supposed to be illegal, but that became a gray area in so many ways <clears throat> it's wild the whole the whole you know the whole abortion issue but i gotta tell you that i really enjoy i really like that tucker gave that speech and i saw it i was like you know what this is this is pretty cool and i i, I wanted to touch on that because 
You know, a lot of people are afraid to talk about abortion because it's so controversial. I mean, I'll talk about anything. I don't care. And I've talked about abortion with family members that are very, very liberal who think abortion is no big deal. And it's like, well, you're a murderer. It is what it is. You can say it. Say it with me. You support baby murder. Well, no, it's, you know, it's, it's reproductive health. No, it's not. Unless you're going, unless the, the doctor's telling you, you're going to die if you have this, well, then you have a choice to make. Would I? No. I would not want my family member to die if they were told with, it's with certainty or a very high percentage rate is that you won't survive this pregnancy for whatever reason, very rare reason. I'm going to be disappointed on both fronts, but I'm not going to hate you because you had to abort the pregnancy because you might die. Well, what about rape victims? Very, very seldom. The, the numbers are there. You can go look them up. The statistics that rape victims who, you know, rape pregnancies, there aren't that many of them. And my opinion on that is if it's investigated and, and found that it's true that it was a rape and you have to go through that, and you want to abort the baby, I think, again, it has to be a, a proven rape. And then again, it's, it's a gray area for me. I, I, I don't know. I just, I don't want to see babies murdered. I want to see more American-born citizens having babies. I want to see more institutions and corporations and businesses and organizations rewarding people for dare I use the word, repopulating our great republic with American-born citizens. Because I believe that the left and the evil Satanist globalists, not I believe, that I know are trying to replace us with third world illegals. And the problem is the statistics of people having babies, American-born citizens having babies is is lower than the amount of people that they're allowing to flood into this country. So it's, um, I think it's important to encourage people to have kids. You know, yeah, I agree. You don't have to be religious to know the difference. Religion is an afterthought. It is, it, it 100% it's good versus evil at this point. There's no other way to say it. And you hear it. You know what sucks though when you hear so many people saying that? It is true, it is true. It just... It gets like, you know, like that term, it's unprecedented and you're just so tired of hearing it. But it is true that it, it, it is a fight between good and evil, between dark and light. But I think people say it too much just to hear great sound bites from themselves in clips and things like that, where I, I, I don't want to subscribe to that, but 100%. No, it is true. It is like anything else, it's good versus evil. So. And listen, Elon Musk, who I don't trust. I don't trust Elon Musk. I, I don't. I, I think he's he's definitely got, you know, I don't think he's totally on the evil side of things. I like that he bought Twitter and, and you know, he's, I think he made some good decisions. He made some bad decisions. I did like a post that he made the other day because he does speak about, uh, big Pharma and Dr. Fauci, and he doesn't speak about them in a in a very positive way, especially about vaccine efficacy and safety and things like that. And as a matter of fact, he put a, a post out the other day 
I wanted to play. And this came from the Gateway Pundit. And he's and literally his post is, have you heard disinformation? And Elon Musk posts this hilarious video exposing Big Pharma, Dr. Fauci's lives, lies about vaccine efficacy and safety. And Dr. Fauci has been lying since the 80s and doing some really terrible things. But on Tuesday, he posted this. We're going to play it quick. And literally, hold on before I play it. Give me one second. The tweet was, again, have you heard disinformation, D-I-S, basically, you know, disinformation, disinformation. I thought it was pretty great. And uh, here it is. Yeah. All talking about how the vaccines are 100% effective. 100%. You'll never get COVID. You won't be able to transmit the disease. All of this false data from these leftist media outlets and medical institutions and bullshit. Look, the, look, the number keeps going lower and lower and lower. For now, we're at 80, 79 percent, 78 percent, 76 percent, from 100 percent, 70 percent. I mean, 65 percent. Are you kidding? It's all lies. 50% Stopping using vaccines. Look, highly effective. Wear masks. This might be. This might be the best COVID post I've ever seen ever in my life, and I have to give kudos to Elon Musk. That is amazing. From 100% down to 20% and actual countries and states discontinuing the use of the vaccine. Safe and effective. Vaccinate your kids. Well, let's abort your kids. And if you don't abort your kids, vaccinate them and boost them. Get your boosties. Thank you, Laura Ann, for the $20 for the January 6th kids. It's great. So, so many people I know. Listen, my family, like cousins, aunts, uncles, very liberal. I'm conservative. My mother's conservative. My uncle's conservative. My cousin that's getting married tomorrow is conservative. Her sister, like, but there's a lot of liberal in the family who goes and wants to get their boosties and their shots and everything else. And unfortunately, there's a few conservatives in the family who were brainwashed by it. Some of them were forced to because they were nurses and they did during that whole, well, you got to get it or you can't work. New nurses and they got it. Thank God, knock on wood still, they're healthy. But I know so many people in my family that have been vaccinated and boosted. We're talking two or three boosters. I remember at a birthday party like last year, my aunt going, yeah, I'm going to make my appointment to get my other booster. And I'm just like, I don't want you to die. Like you're in your 50s. Late 50s, like, I don't want you to die. You just had two beautiful grandchildren. 
Nobody wants you to die. And people in my family who have been vaccinated and boosted had COVID like three or four times. I've never tested myself for COVID. I never will. And I got sick once during the pandemic. And it was flu-like symptoms. And I had 103 fever. And I took ivermectin and the, the other shit. And, but I took it late. And, but it helped. I probably would have tested positive for COVID. But I was nowhere near dying. Nowhere near it. And that was the only time I got sick. Not one jab in my arm. And people out there just jabby McJabby pants. And they're getting COVID every, every three to four months. I tested positive for COVID again. I had the sniffles and I stuck this swab up my nose. Hey, listen. If that's what you're into. Yeah. Just do as you're told. Just do as you're told. Do as you're told. couple things I want to... Uh, touch on so you guys saw that canada literally honored an actual nazi like a waffen ss world war ii nazi a ukrainian uh a soldier that fought against the soviet you know he was an s he was a waffen ss nazi uh member and the speak the house speaker in canada resigned after it he wasn't vetted blah 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 but now poland Poland actually wants to extradite the former Nazi, the SS Nazi fighter that the Canadian Parliament honored during the failed comedian piano playing with his penis, President Zelensky. Poland to seek extradition of former SS Nazi fighter honored in Canadian Parliament during Zelensky's visit. I think this is out of control. Great. Canada decides to bring this guy and parade him in and everybody applauds him and finds out, yeah, he, by the way, he's a, uh, he's a Waffen SS Nazi, uh, officer or whatever he was. So yeah, the Nazi gate scandal continues to rage both in Canada and in Europe. Anthony Rota resigned to his speakership of the Canadian house, insisting he was solely to blame for the invitation made to, Yaroslav Hunka to appear in parliament. The 98-year-old Ukrainian-Canadian veteran fought in the Nazi SS Galazian during the Second World War, a formation involved in multiple war crimes, part of the Waffen-SS. Now in a move to shore to escalate tensions, Poland's education minister declared he has taken steps to affect the extradition of Hunka to Poland. Hunka was invited to sit in the parliamentary gallery alleged, allegedly by Speaker Anthony Rota during Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky's address to Parliament in Canada. Rota introduced Hunka as a Ukrainian hero and a Canadian hero, prompting a standing ovation in the House of Commons. But it was soon reported that Hunka was part of the first Ukrainian division, also known as the Waffen-SS Galatia Division, for the SS 14th Waffen Division, a voluntary unit that was under the command of the Nazis. Anthony Rotor announced his resignation Tuesday after he apologized to the House and insisted that the decision to invite Hunka was entirely his own. Rotor said he personally regretted inviting Hunka and pointed him out in the gallery following Zelensky's remarks. 
Polish minister Zarnek responsible for the initiative to extradite Unka is a member of Poland's ruling law and justice party and is a conservative reelected last year on a platform condemning LGBT ideology. Karznek is a controversial figure in Poland with a history of coming under fire for making anti-LGBTQ comments. Last year, he had to retract a statement linking LGBTQ rights movements with Nazism. Well, he's not wrong because the transgender agenda took over the LGBTQ community and basically are treating uh, people who are not in line with their beliefs as if they were Nazis. So, yeah. Like them acting as Nazis. While Zarnik may not be very media friendly for the West, his move may end up finding popular backing in Poland. In a letter to Poland's Institute of National Remembrance, a body that researches and investigates past crimes against the Polish nation, Zarnik asked uh, it to urgently examine whether Hunker is wanted for crimes against Polish people of Jewish origin, adding that signs of such crimes are grounds to apply to Canada for his extradition. Back in Canada's Attorney General, Arif Varani said he has not been contacted by the Polish government over any extradition request. I mean, I think Donald Trump was one. There was like some World War II Nazi that they found, and he was like 90-something years old. Like, nah, yeah, fuck that guy. Get rid of him. Deport him. Get rid of him. Get rid of him. Yeah, these idiots in Canada are clapping seals. I just, I just go back and I watch all the South Park episodes that make fun of Canadians. Oh. It's it's hilarious. Oh, you like that jabby McJabby pants? <laughs> oh man. So yeah. So Canada brings in a Ukrainian Canadian war hero that worked with the Waffen SS uh, Nazi division, crimes against humanity. Ninety something years old. I'm sure he's executed quite a few people or have been part of the uh, inciting of it or just the act. Now Poland's like, oh yeah. Yeah, he he might have he he might have committed crimes against humanity, against Polish Jews. We're gonna find out, and we want to extradite him. Put him on put him on trial. And I don't care that the guy's ninety eight years old. If you're a Nazi and you were killing people, you deserve to swing. That's just the way it is. So, last thing I just want to. I want to touch on, and I want to remind people of this, because again, not many people are speaking about it. Our great replacement agenda, the migrant surge, it just keeps happening. So there was a migrant surge in Texas border town that's outpacing the Haitian crisis of 2021. And here it is. Eagle Pass, Texas, again, an estimated 1,500 mostly Venezuelan migrants entered the small border town of Eagle Pass, Texas, during the late evening hours of t- on Tuesday. The latest group of migrants has surrendered to authorities brings the eight-day total of migrants crossing to more than 16,000. 16,000 in eight days. It took 10 full days in September 2021 for 15,000 mostly Haitian migrants to ford the river during the infamous immigration surge in Del Rio. In just over a week, Breitbart, Texas, observed more than 16,000 migrants stream across the Rio Grande from Piedras Negras, Cahulia, to Eagle Pass. Despite the heavy presence of local, state, and federal law enforcement, Texas military soldiers, and layers of razor wire, the migrants crossed the border into Texas 
unscathed being let in. Border Patrol agents scrambled to find transportation to quickly move the migrants from the highly visible park in Eagle Pass to grossly overcrowded detention centers. It's crazy the amount of people they have detained. Media swarmed to the Eagle Pass area to cover the current migrant crisis, due in part to the easy access of photo, uh, for photojournalists to the staging area. In contrast, the 15,000 mostly Haitian migrants were detained outdoors in the grueling heat for days on end in an area not visible to media cameras when the, all the Haitians came over in 2021. But this is what's happening. They got them living under, under bridges before they can find room for them. And they'll eventually be in a town near you, probably voting. More than 2,000 migrants crossed the border into Eagle Pass by midnight on Tuesday morning. This has become an average day for migrant apprehensions during the past eight days as more than 16,000 migrants crossed into the small Texas border town. Eagle Pass is a population of less than 30,000 people. They are literally allowing people to come in that the, in the amounts that exceed towns in America. States in America, if you put it all together, millions of people. And that brings me to this video, which is gut-wrenching if you look at it. The U.S.-Mexico border in Juarez, it was witnessed a Venezuelan family with a toddler going under the Concerto wire to enter the El Paso illegally by placing cardboard on their backs to avoid being cut. And the little girl could be heard screaming as she's... Look, look at this. I'm going to play this. It's horrible. This is gut-wrenching of what people are doing and what's being allowed to happen. Two years old. Look at this. Two years old. And it's going up. It's just stuck on the razor wire, this kid. Can you imagine? This is child abuse. This poor little girl. Crawling through dirt on the razor wire. This is unbelievable child torture. Look, just dra- drag the kid. None of those people, none of those people should be allowed to, to have children, let, let alone take care of them and have custody of them. But they told the migrants, Texas National Guard told the migrants to go back and they went back under the same barbed wire and headed to another area to enter the U.S. So here's another clip. Look. Oh, you got to go back. Look at all the clothes stuck on the barbed wire. Look at this. Senor, senor, so cansado. Look, it's it's crazy. 
It's crazy. And this, this is what's happening, and it's straight-up child abuse. My friend is a superintendent for commercial buildings. More and more illegals are getting hired. Yep, these migrants are paying 500 to $2,000 for a fake ID and Social Security cards. He showed me proof. Tell them to send you copies. I'd love to see it. I'd love to share that on the show with their, what they're doing it, if, if it's able and not exposing anybody. But I would love, I, I don't care about exposing illegals, but I would love to show that. You know, in New York City, they're all, yeah, they have, listen, Black Rain Patriot, they, the Border Patrol has been, has in some spaces cut the barbed wire that Texas Rangers had put up where the, the Border Patrol is told to go cut it and allow them to come in and you see them helping them come in. I've played videos like that before. It's wild. It's wild. Like they're, they're working against each other. And, and it's, it is a straight up invasion. You saw that clip uh, with them uh, all coming in on, on the train in, in, from Mexico. I mean, it's wild of what's happening. It's beyond wild. It's unfathomable. I can't even believe it. In New York City, they're all riding around in unregistered and uninsured scooters and making $3,000 a month delivering food, like as delivery people. This, this, is, this is what they're doing. And it's, um, nobody's stopping it. Yeah, send me a DM. I'm really curious on that on Twitter. I'll look for it, Lori, and I'd, I'd really, I'd love to share that. Listen, I'm going to keep talking about the border. I'm going to keep pointing these things out. I wish more people would. I know there are people out there that are, you know, I mean, Newsmax does, I think OAN does, but you know, Newsmax has, uh, has, I forget his name. He's a, um, he's a correspondent always on the border. He does some pretty good coverage. You know, you have a lot, there's organizations that speak about it, but I swear average Americans, just if it's not affecting them personally, they don't care. And it's a problem because even if you think or you don't feel like it's affecting you, it's affecting you. It's going to affect you long-term. It's going to affect your family. It's going to affect your kids. It's going to affect your grandkids. They want to kill us off. They want to overpopulate us. They want to get rid of borders. I'm sorry, but you can't have a great economy with open borders. Close the borders, work on the economy. To me, that's common sense. You cannot have a successful working economy if our borders are wide open and you're letting 16,000 Venezuelan migrants in a week and all of these working and fighting age men, it's, I didn't think it was going to get this bad and it's only going to get worse. It really is only going to get worse. If you haven't done it yet, hit the uh, thumbs up button. Don't be a fed. Hit the thumbs up. I always appreciate you guys showing up in the morning. It's always great. Tomorrow's Freedom Friday. We'll uh, we'll be back tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. If you guys have anything good for the chat, throw it in there tomorrow morning. Anything you want to ask, questions, and we'll uh, we'll have a great Freedom Friday episode that will go longer than an hour. I'm not doing a. There won't be a Freedom Friday evening show with uh, James. Uh, I have a wedding to go to, but. Um, yeah, what? Yeah, today. Yeah, today's Thursday. My days are all are all messed up. Yesterday was Hump Day. Today's Freedom Friday Eve. 
Well, I'm going to attempt a debate breakdown video. Pray for me. <laughs> Those people on say, yeah, I, I can't even. Honestly, there is nothing for me to say about those clowns on that stage other than none of them are fit to lead our country in the current state our country is in. I don't know. I think there's one or two people on that stage I could see possibly leading the country down the road. I don't know, but not now. Again, I'll say it. Call me what you will. Some people out there will. They'll call me a cultist. But for me, it's Trump and only Trump, and I will not vote for anybody else. There will be no one else for me to cast a vote for. We need the guy who's going to go scorched earth. We need the guy that's unafraid. We need the guy that's uncontrollable. We need the guy that's going to get the job done and put people where they belong, in their place or maybe in prison. And I'm so happy to see the desperation of people like General Milley and others so scared and actually say that Donald Trump is going to throw people in prison if he gets reelected. I can only hope because I want more than ever. I already know the policies he stands for. There is nothing to sell me on as an American voter for Donald Trump. I've seen what he's done. I felt what he's done and I see what he wants to do. He was robbed of four years. Okay. He was robbed. This country was robbed. You were robbed. I was robbed. Our children were robbed. And we were punished. And we're continuing to be punished. And if we don't do something about it, we're going to endure the worst punishment we'll probably see in our lifetime that this country has seen in modern day history. Get off your asses. And work hard to get Donald Trump reelected for the third time. It's time. We need the retribution. Our country, whether people want to admit it or not, and most people do, we need the revenge. We need a revenge presidency. We already know what he's capable of. We need him back. We needed the COVID pandemic to expose a lot of things. And... Maybe in a sense, we needed the election rigged and stolen from Donald Trump to expose things even further. But you know what? We've gone through the punishment. We've endured enough. Now we got to get him back because we need the revenge. Scorched fucking earth. I couldn't have said it myself. Better myself. And with that, it's been another great MAGA morning. I will be back tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Eastern. Please hit the thumbs up. Please find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram, really, right there in the ticker, and follow me. Follow the Rumble channel. Tell a friend. Tell a neighbor. Tell a family member. Rumble is where it's at. Be here in the mornings. Follow, like. We're growing. We're growing. We have a great little community we have here, and I know you're all great patriots, especially what you've all done in supporting of the January 6th kids and everything else. 100% AP filtered. If the left is elected again, it will be beyond very bad. I don't think anybody could explain how bad it would be. We're talking, you want to talk about darkness? You'll see darkness. And we'll see each other on the bread lines. 
but we're not going to let that happen because we're going to reelect the best president in American history that there ever was. And that's Donald J. Trump for the 47th president of the United States in 2024. Be part of it, live it, and that's it. MAGA hat stays on. I'll see you tomorrow.